2: Of good summer tuesday and this is the last time i'm gonna say this summer tuesday morning because next tuesday it won't be a summer morning anymore it'll be an eagles reporting morning yes the countdown is on let's be honest the countdown was on the day after the eagles lost to the chiefs in the super bowl <laughs> back in february so it was a lengthy countdown we're now just one week away from eagles football returning and the players Reporting to uh, South Philadelphia, he's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. We are Birds 365. we got two hours of Eagles talk coming your way with two good guests that will give you the details coming up on in just a second. Uh, Johnny Mack, we wait patiently for the Eagles to show up at the NFL as the 365 business that it is does business every single day. And it was bad business yesterday for uh, the running back community in the NFL.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Boy, they went nuts, Jody. Everybody chiming in. Tristan McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, you name it, everybody was chiming in. Um, And I can't say
2: that I blame them. I'm just not sure there is a solution to those who believe that running backs are being shortchanged, screwed, use whatever adjective you feel you need to to describe the way that NFL running backs don't get paid the same way that some of their counterparts do. But I'm not sure there's anything that they can do about it. Is there, John?
3: Well, I could have negotiated better in the CBA, I suppose, when it comes to the franchise tag, at least for the upper level players. Um, you know, there's a domino effect there with the franchise tag. And Look, I mean, quarterbacks get paid and certain positions get paid, we all know, and that sort of has a trickle-down effect and it affects other less valuable positions and uh, it's supply and demand. I mean, you know, a lot of the running backs went off on media people pointing out this kind of stuff and it's not, look, nobody, Matt Miller, who's a draft guy, got killed. Now, he tweeted out, Been saying it for years. He's not the only one, by the way. Draft a running back. Play the running back. If he's good, franchise the running back one time and then draft a running back again. Um, And then Austin Eckler, I think, was the first one. And and I want to read his tweet. This is the kind of trash that is artificially devalued, one of the most important positions in the game. Everyone knows it's tough to win without a top running back, and yet they act like we are discardable widgets. I support any running back doing whatever it takes to get us back. Now, Austin, that was in response to Matt Miller's tweet. Matt, No no NFL GM is listening to Matt Miller. Nobody. Nothing against Matt. Nobody. Nobody is listening. It's not our fault. Now, did Matt dehumanize things? Yes. And that's the part, he's sort of like an analytics guy. That's the part I have we said that analytics guy, they don't get. They don't get Howie Roseman's job. It's a little bit more difficult than looking at your goofy numbers and because so, you have to deal with human beings. Mm-hmm. And they don't get that part of it. So they do dehumanize it. And that pisses people off who are obviously human beings. I get that part of it. And they should be pissed off when that kind of stuff happens. But nobody, nobody in the media is driving this. This is supply and demand. We go back to the Kansas City Chiefs. It On the same team, they took a first-round pick in a, a, a on a running back. It hasn't necessarily worked out with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And they won a Super Bowl with a seventh-round pick, and it, right. and it was a big impact on the game, Isaiah Pacheco. The problem is – the difference between the great running backs and the, what do you want to call them, middle range running backs is not that great. So when you start talking about how do you build a successful team, well, you got to have a quarterback. You got to pay a quarterback. You got to pay the edge rushers. You got to pay the receivers in a in an explosive offensive game. Then you got to play the cornerbacks because you got to guard the receivers. And it, all of a sudden, it starts to trickle down and trickle down, and there's no more room for a position where look, are the Eagles better with Miles Sanders than this group they have right now? Probably, but to what degree? Not a great degree. So, you know, you make those sort of decisions, and that's where supply and demand. There's too many good running backs. There's a there's there's a significant supply in the demand. Is not as great because there's a bunch of teams that could use Dalvin Cook. I think we could all agree on that, even if you want to point to numbers and say he's declining right now on this snapshot on this day. He's better than a heck of a lot of running backs who are projected to be starters, but you don't, what's the difference? what it's not that great to where you're going to bend over backwards to spend $10 million on a guy like that. Who's used to making 12 million, by the way. And then you start talking about, we always joke about Saquon Barkley might be the biggest difference on his particular team. Right. Um but, but what is the difference really? Are, are they going to win? A, I, I got to watch Adrian Peterson in his prime. Unbelievable one of the greatest pure runners that ever lived, honestly, um, what the Vikings do with him, you know, they made the playoffs a bunch of time. He, he won an MVP, which is unbelievable. Even in that, he was so good. He, he, he he dragged Christian Ponder to the playoffs, which is, you should go in a hall of fame just for that. That's how bad Christian Ponder was. Um, But the the and and we talked about it with our list of top twenty five eagles. Nobody's arguing with you. I'm not going to argue that Jalen Hurts isn't the most important player on the Eagles because he is. Um, The value of the position is so disjointed. It's it, it has nothing to do with the media. It all it has to do with supply and demand. And NFL teams think they can get running mm. back that are nearly as effective as Saquon Barkley's of the world, Josh Jacobs of the world, um, or 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 who am I forgetting off the top of my head? The third. Tony Pollard also. Tony Pollard. Um, you know. <clears throat> and they're not wrong, by the way, Jody. They're not and wrong.
2: You, you kind of touched on it, John, and we'll go a step further. You mentioned both guys. The NFL is a copycat, Lee has been forever. All sports are, and people look at the teams that have the most success and say, what can we borrow from them to apply to our team to see if we can get to that level? Last year's two Super Bowl teams, Isaiah Pacheco, seventh round draft pick, best runner for the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Miles for the Eagles, although he didn't have a great Super Bowl game, was the guy who helped him get the (laughs) Super Bowl all year long. Uh Uh-oh, free agency, you got to actually pay him good money. Now we're going another direction. The two teams that were in last year's championship game showed you how they handled the running back position. It's just another spot. And if it gets a little expensive in a capped world, we're going to look to go somewhere else where we can get close to the same production but pay significantly less. That's the ep- harsh economic realities of the NFL these days. It's going to take something drastic to change it. Uh, you and I have discussed this, shoot, since Birds 365 started, because the league was already trending in that direction. You're going to see star players on the high school level. You tell me after going out to watch that seven-on-seven camp, man, this is like uh, the the cutting wave, the, the new wave of football everything about skill positions and most of it about throwing the football, that they're just not running the football. The best running players in high school football these days are the quarterbacks who both throw it and take off and run it every once in a while so they can be like Jalen Hurts when they get to the NFL. Nobody's going to want to play running. you got a 14-year-old kid who's got some size to him at age 14, comp to the other 14-year-old kids. If you're any kind of a coach or a dad, you're telling them, get outside, get ready to get down the field. You better be able to catch, son, because just being able to make somebody miss on a tackle in the backfield is not going to be best for you for your football career. If we think you're going to be an NFL talent at age 14, you better be a wide receiver because you don't want to be a running back because the NFL is trending away from it. So it's gonna, if it's ever going to turn, the, t- the tide's going to turn and go back in the other direction. One guy is going to have to be so much better than everybody else that you're looking for that unicorn at that position. That's why I continue to say there's a whole hell of a lot of pressure on Bijan Robinson this year, because leading into the draft, he was again, this is just opinion and scouting and everything else until he actually does it. He hasn't done it. He was talked about as a once every five year, once every 10 year type back that he was that talented. That's why he went as high in the draft as he did. Certainly the NFL's feelings about running back could be seen through the draft over the last five, eight, 10 years. They just don't take running backs high. They took Bijan pretty high. And the scouting reports and people's opinions are that he was special, that he's different. So this year, not only is he carrying the Atlanta Falcons and their fates and fortunes, he's carrying the future of the running back position in the National Football League. So good luck to you, B. John. Everybody wanted you here in Philadelphia. You'll be down in Atlanta with the Falcons, but everyone, or at least Jody McDonald will be, and I think a lot of others will join me, will be watching what you do because, yeah, that's the only way this swings back, John, is if there's a guy who comes in. And like that, he's the best running back in the NFL.
3: Boy, I mean, we've already been through it. I brought up one guy. I mean, is he going to be better than Peterson? Uh, Good luck with that. I mean, he might be – he'll be a better receiver. Uh, He's not going to be a better runner. Uh, I'm pretty confident in stating that. Um, We've been through it with Elliott, who was a tremendous player for the short sample size. I don't think the problem is the draft. Remember, Jameer Gibbs got drafted number 12 now.
2: I think probably that, got that, that's a, just a reach by that's, the Lions. Yeah, that's
3: an overdraft. We'll,
2: we'll be second guessing the Lions on that yeah. one for a while. I mean,
3: that's clearly an overdraft simply because even if he turns out to be a star player, I mean, you could have gotten him later. So it doesn't make sense no matter what. But um, it, 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 we've, we've had these players in the past and. As Matt pointed out, I go back to Matt, that the first contract is not the issue. The second contract is the issue. If you get a great player, Bijan turns into a great player. The Falcons are all good in the first contract. It's the second contract. Now, where are they? Because it doesn't matter if he turns into that generational player, because if you don't have a quarterback, you're still not winning. So you still got to find a way to get a quarterback. Um, And then you got to pay the running back. Let's use Christian McCaffrey money because he's already got the. He's the one running back who got paid, um, and we've already seen Christian. I was just talking to our, our buddy Colin Thompson the other day. Now, I mean, Christian McCaffrey is raved about around this league, as but not only by um, you know his his executives and scouts, and the Eagles were going to take him in twenty seven, and that's the Eagles. Um, remember. That's, that's how highly they thought of him. Um, but amongst his peers, he's one of those guys that's sort of like set apart. And they go, wow, he's, he's really good. Um, all right, he is. But what what is he? He's certainly a big part of San Francisco and then moving forward. He was certainly a big part of Carolina when he was healthy. He had tremendous seasons. It's not getting you over the top. It's just not. I mean, you gotta have so many other things, and then it's like, oh, we got a great running back. That's a luxury. That's a luxury. That's what it is. And it's nice to have. But if a running back is your best player, we just went through the best player list. And your quarterback is not in the top twenty five. You're in deep trouble. You're in deep,
2: deep trouble. Well, if if that's the case, then John has just anointed the Eagles as the champions of the NFC because he's saying that the 49ers can't beat the Eagles because they're best players, they're running back, and you can't win if your best players, you're running back. And no, I
3: didn't say that's... that. I said if if your best players are running back and your quarterback isn't top 25 on your team, you're not winning. That's what I said. You, you know, if you have a top-tier quarterback and a top-tier running back, great it's a great luxury to have you can win a lot but <laughs> if you don't have it if, if, if Brock Purdy isn't healthy or, or craps the bed and Trey Lance isn't healthy or doesn't play or craps the bed and Sam Darnold craps the bed yeah San Francisco's got no shot even if Christian McCaffrey plays at an all-pro level that's what I'm saying
2: yeah we need to further define craps the bed um you know, I think Purdy's going to be really good, so I don't think it's going to be a. Uh, well, if he's really good,
3: they're relevant. Right. If he's really good, that's that, that it's not – but he's the more uh, important part of the equation. Christian's going to play like an all-pro if he's healthy. That's how good he is. It doesn't matter, as I said, if your quarterback – think about top 25, Jody. you got 22 starters. If your quarterback's not one of your top twenty-five players, he's not a re- he's not a a, a a deserving to be a starter. You're not. Well, you're talking about in, in on that
2: individual team. I thought you're talking about top twenty-five in the league no, at their position
3: on that individual team. If your quarterback stinks, I was using my example of uh, over at SI of over top twenty-five Eagles players. If you have a great running back and you have a great quarterback, that's a tremendous luxury to have. But if you have a great running back and your quarterback is Marcus Mariota, for instance, the backup, you're not winning anything, anything. The Atlanta Falcons aren't winning anything with Bijan John Robinson turning into a generational mm. player unless Desmond Ritter proves he is a, a, a top 10, top 15 quarterback. Yeah, which uh, now top ten, top to fifteen quarterback.
2: Are you talking about a top ten player on the Falcons or a top 10, 15 quarterback in the league? Quarterbacks compared to each other.
3: Quarterbacks compared to each other. Okay. In that example, um, you have to be, you have to be a top tier quarterback, and and fifteen is stretching it. I, I, you know, fifteen is stretching it, even with a great running back top 10 maybe maybe you can win maybe you can get to the divisional round maybe if you have a great day on a particular sunday maybe you can make a run top 5 yeah then obviously you're in in the equation but it, it's it's a really small margin if you're if you're building a team around your running back you're in trouble you're in trouble in the modern nfl That we can agree because quarterback has been so far and away the most dominant
2: position for a long time. Now it takes a really gutsy general manager to say, all right, we're going to pay our running back and we'll try and make it up as we go along in the quarterback. But the 49ers might be one of those teams that can do it because Purdy's on that rookie contract. Then you can't pay him anyway. So you're just going to hope that he lives up to the kind of rankings that we're talking about here, even though he's not getting paid. Hey, John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. I see our first guest is ready to join us. One of our best pals and the guy who does as good a job as anybody With He joins us from the 3013.com and JacobSports.com. Longtime Eagles beat writer Paul Downwich joins us next here on Street 365.
4: Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app.
1: And the big story on action news. Search
4: 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes And the stakes.
6: Eagles, Magnum,
2: Magnum, Birds, three hundred and sixty-five. Joined by our good buddy Paul Domwich from the thirty-thirteen JacobSports.com uh, Eagles beat writer forever. Domo, here's why we want to start today. John and I were just debating running backs, so and I surely want to get you in that conversational mix. But first things first. Will you, at some time in your duties? As the Hall of Fame presenter from Philadelphia, have to make a case for Deshaun Jackson five years from now. No, not, not even gonna have to make the speech and be taught. Yeah, yeah, Dumbo, you can sit down. I mean, He's never
7: gonna make the, never gonna make the uh, you know the final fifteen, which is, and I, I I would never, honestly. I mean, there's guys that I've you know never made Eagles that never made the top fifteen, the final fifteen that. Early on in the process, I sent letters out and you know, because I believed they belonged, uh, deserved at least consideration. I mean, I read Ed's piece, uh, Deshaun doesn't deserve consideration for the Hall of Fame. He's a, he was a very good player, uh, period, end stop,
3: uh, nothing yeah, more. It's not the Hall of Very Good, uh, but I no. think people latch on to... You know, one thing, he's got the most 60-yard receptions of all time. Uh, all right, he can run. I mean, nobody's <laughs> denying that. He he was a tremendous deep ball receiver, but it's more than that. It's more it's it's being uh, – and he's a very good player, very good player. But, yeah. boy, yeah. I'm, I'm amazed at some of the Hall of Fame questions we get, Domino. Um, uh, I'm
7: amazed. Yeah, and the thing about wide receiver is there's there's a real backlog right now of guys that deserve to be in. Oh yeah, we haven't gotten you know Tory Holt, uh, Reggie Wayne, uh, 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 the uh, former Texans guy Johnson, Andre Johnson, and although the- he's only in year of eligibility. Heinz Ward. Uh, I mean, I can go on and on on a list of guys who are you know were much more productive than uh, Deshaun, Uh, you know, maybe didn't have the the vertical, uh, you know, weren't the vertical threat that he was. But again, like you said, that's that's one aspect. You know, you've got to be productive to get into the Hall of Fame. All right,
2: so, uh, and I don't want to get bogged down by Hall of Fame, but I'm intrigued by this. The first grouping that gets considered either by vote or by conversation, whatever, what's the largest group of someone that at least... Is in the process of a Hall of Famer, and how is that list put
7: together? Uh, I'm sorry, say that I didn't quite understand what you meant, Jody.
2: How does someone become a
7: Hall of Famer? What,
2: wh- where does the process start that they are on a group that gets trimmed down and then gets voted on? What is the largest group that a Hall of, a player starts in consideration for the Hall of Fame?
7: Well, I mean, you have the total number of players who are eligible. Generally, you're at somewhere around 130, maybe, because guys who don't get any votes uh, in a year kind of are, are, you know, suddenly are not on the list. Uh, so you, you, we have a vote uh, in September, uh, sometime in September, that reduces that number where we've got to come up with a list of 25. I mean, each voter has to. And they calculate that and, and have 25 semi-finalists. That's what gets the, uh, you on?
2: That... Uh, sorry to interrupt, Tom. What gets you on eligibility? Because I know baseball. I should know football. I don't. Uh, I'm assuming you do. Baseball is you got to play 10 years minimum in the league. If you do, then you're on the Hall of Fame ballot. If you don't get 5%, you're gone forever and you're never back on again. What gets you on the original list to be considered uh, a potential Hall of Famer?
7: I don't know if there's a minimum on years played uh, because, I mean, if you, you've only played one or two years, you know, you're not going to be seriously considered anyway. Uh, but you've yeah, got to wait
3: five. Yeah, because you have the Gale Sayers of the world and, uh, you know, yeah, uh, I mean, guys who don't have longevity but are tremendous impacts on the game because of the injury aspect of it. Whereas, Right. Yeah, I mean, so we've, so had, kinda...
7: we've had discussions over – uh the broncos running back uh, Davis, uh yeah yeah uh, we had the long hard discussions over the uh uh tony Baselli. tony bacelli uh, yeah. finally got in after years of arguing back and forth about whether he had played long enough um but there is no line uh, official line as far as so how many who, years you who, have Who puts out
2: the original list the first that you vote on to decrease down to the 25
7: uh, the league or the Hall of Fame. Uh, I mean, it's 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 basically everybody who's eligible at that point. I mean, if, if you've played in the league five years, uh, five is I a mean, minimum. You've played, okay. You've played and retired five years, suddenly you know there'll be a list with your name on it, uh, which gives us the opportunity to vote for. And we we take you know we're supposed to take twenty five names out of that pool and and put together a list of semifinalists. Uh, you know, Eric Allen's been on that list of twenty five semi-finalists for the last three four years uh after that we have a vote in december uh take that list of official list of 25 and 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 pair it down to 25 i mean to 15 uh finalists so uh and then in january we find out who's who the 15 finalists are um and you know then we discuss them at length uh before the super bowl this year i think it's going to be mid-january they've changed up the the whole process. Uh, we're we're going to have a meeting. They prefer to have, you know. It used to be with the, you know. I, I think you guys remember the day before the Super Bowl was was when the yeah. voting was. Oh yeah. COVID yeah. COVID changed that for two years. We had remote remote uh, calls in January. You know. Now they have the announcement of the Hall of Fame on Wednesday or Thursday, whenever that Hall of that Honor Show is. So yeah. basically, they want us to make a decision earlier. So our vote will be sometime in mid January at, you know, at, at a location somewhere. I don't even know if they picked it yet. Um, so anyway, when, when we have the fifteen names plus you know plus the veterans that are nominated by the senior committee, plus uh, one or two, however many uh, coach slash contributor nominees there are that year, and then we go into a room. And discuss them for about eight hours and vote and reduce the number and eventually come out with a maximum of five hall of fame modern era players plus the uh, seniors and uh contributor slash coach
2: so yeah. you don't think the sean's even gonna make the 20 list of 25 the first cut down
7: hey um, more power to him i just don't see it happening no
2: okay I mean, when i see guys
7: when i see guys that haven't made it um you know, I mean, Seth Joyner's never been on the list to 25, which...
3: Asante Samuel, me. where's Damo? Where's Domo? <laughs> Asante, Asante was popping up. Right, yeah. He blames me, you know, but I... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but,
7: yeah, so, I, I mean, you know, I just don't see him as a Hall of Famer. I, I haven't thought about whether he'd make it to the final tw- to 25. I just think, as John said, he belongs in the Hall of very, very good he's not a hall of famer. Yeah. And, and that, that, that's not a, that's not a that's bad not thing. A slight. You know? Yeah. People think it's a I slight. I, had his career.
3: I, I, you know, you guys at the 33rd team, you were a part of it. Uh, a, a bunch of guys who were hall of fame selectors uh, talking about current players, putting them in categories, locks, and you know, there's some heat in Philadelphia as usual. Cause you had, Jason Kelsey in the I believe the likely category I don't I I forget the exact terminology but I think people don't understand how difficult it is particularly for certain positions center has been one of them for them to get in the Hall of Fame and I think ultimately Jason's going to be a Hall of Famer but it's not going to be smack dab, no doubt about it first ballot Hall of Famer Yeah, there's going to be some angst uh, at least from the fan base, I don't. I think everybody knows he's ultimately going to get in, but I think it's going to be more difficult than people realize.
7: What people don't seem to realize is, I mean, every year when, when we when we vote on the final fifteen, I would say a minimum of twelve are guys that you look at and say they should be in the Hall of Fame.
8: Yeah, How about
7: a fifteen. We can only put in five. So, I mean, that just naturally creates a backlog of deserving players. Uh, And so that's, you know, that's why the whole first ballot thing is kind of absurd in football because it's, it's a different structure than baseball is where. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But if you do get in the first ballot because of the way the voting and the results have gone, that's pretty damn big honor. If you make it your first time in uh, because you guys have been tough and you're uh, held down by the numbers and positional comparisons and everything else. It has become what it's become. You get in on that first ballot. Damn, you're an all time great. Yeah.
7: Yeah. And, and there were two like this year. I mean, Joe Thomas and Darrell Rivas, both first timers. Uh, yeah. You know, obviously, players like Brady uh, are going to be a first, you know, on the first ballot. Uh, I mean, I can go down the list. There's usually two every year one or two minimum of one when you look at who becomes eligible that year you can say well that you know it basically leaves three three spots open I, I remember I can't remember who they were but I remember the first year of uh, uh, Dawkins was was eligible you know I looked and said uh, it's going to be tough because of some guys that are automatics yeah. I mean I know people considered him an automatic but you know he got in in his second year when 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 the-
3: I honestly, Tom, I was surprised how quickly he got in because yeah. I got to know when I was in Minnesota, I got to know Paul Krause and I know what he went through Yeah, uh, as the all time interception leader it took him. I don't know, 20 years to get in the hall of fame because safeties, not a lot of safety, same as centers, not a lot of safeties in the hall of fame. I thought it was going to take Brian a, a little bit, to be honest. Uh, so I was yeah. surprised. How quickly he got in! Um, the first
7: year, John, uh, he was uh, John, If you recall, John Lynch was also eligible about the same yeah. time. Now, in in my mind, I mean, there's no comparison between John Lynch and Brian Dawkins. I mean, John Lynch was a cover, uh, a great cover two safety, belonged in the Hall of yeah. Fame, and did good in, but yeah. could not do things Brian Dawkins did for Jimmy Johnson in 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 that uh, in Jim, in Jim's uh, Jim's yeah. deep. Um, but there was, this you know, that took some some votes away because you know nobody was going to put two safeties in at the same time that year. The second year, I think, what put him over the top, besides the fact that people just came, you know, I mean, came to realize uh, that that how good Dawkins was, was uh, Bill Belichick said something. I forget who brought it into the room, but I mean, Bill Belichick basically said, "This is absurd. Yeah. Uh, he he uh, carries oh, some weight." Yeah. yeah. And, and so I'm sure that a lot of people said, well, Bill says that. You know, yeah. I, I'm, that's me over the top. So I think that helped. Uh, yeah. So sometimes you just never know uh, what's going to change
2: yeah. votes. And if the right I mean, guy
3: gets behind you. Oof.
2: Yeah. Last, last like Hall of fame question, then we'll get into actual 2023 football. Um, if you know off the top of your head, tough question. Sorry for posing it to you. Has any safety
3: ever made it in? first ballot
7: I mean I'd have to go back way back maybe did Ronnie Ronnie
3: make it first first yeah, Ronnie
7: lot oh, yeah. like yeah. Ronnie yeah. was a
2: safety slash corner right he played yeah, ball, exactly. but he yeah.
7: made mainly safety yeah. though uh, yeah um that probably you know there there probably are a couple a uh, lot 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 most notably uh, most recently yeah did yeah. Palomano get in first vote first ballot
2: I, don't don't I should remember. I
3: remember. All yeah, right. Never mind. You, Sorry.
2: Yeah. Just me being inquisitive and foolish. Sorry about that. Yeah,
3: man. Yeah. Um, speaking of future Hall of Famers, uh, Calais Ringo assigned, Domo. Were you concerned? Oh. I got <laughs> save, save that clip, Xander. We'll be playing j- that one back I'm, for you. I'm to come. I'm joking. I get every year, Domo. I tell fans, there's always one guy. It's usually a second rounder or fourth rounder. That kind of trickles because there's a little bit of wiggle room. There's no holdouts anymore. There was uh, uh, Joey Bosa. (laughs) Uh, That was about it. Um, I don't know. But every year, everybody worries. Why isn't Ringo signed? Why isn't Ringo signed? Because everybody's on vacation. Now they're back. (laughs) They signed him. That's pretty much the exact – that's that's the reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Long term, though, uh, I I do think one of the more interesting parts of the offseason, and we only got to watch this team for 100 minutes. I talk about it all the time. They moved Zach McPherson inside. Avante Maddox wasn't ready, wasn't cleared from offseason surgery. They put him in the slot. Because they have all these bodies on the outside, mm-hmm. you know. You want Slay, you want Bradbury to be healthy, but, you know, they were both healthy, completely healthy for all 20 games last year. Odds of that happening again, I don't know. Cross your fingers, but it's nice to have some depth. Between Calais Ringo and Brady Williams and Josh Job and Eli Ricks, even the undrafted kids, Mikai Gardner, they got a bunch of bodies at outside corner. I, I think they're better set up. Um, and I think Zach is more natural in the slot. I think that was a sort of an underreported upgrade. Your thoughts on that? Yeah,
7: and also. I mean, another reason they they might have done it, I, I don't know what's going to end up happening with Maddox because of the difficulty with injuries, but he's a guy you could slide back to safety. Uh, I, I mean, I always thought that was going to be his best position. Um, although safety and corner, you know, in, in all these defenses anymore, yeah, are so, the weird. Corner, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean – I mean, the corner position inside and outside uh, is, is one of the things that concerns me about this defense, not because of the lack of talent, just because of the lack of depth and lack of proven depth, that if they have some injuries there, you know, in a league where quarterbacks can pick you apart very easily, even in the NFC where the caliber of quarterback isn't quite as good as the AFC, you know, you got to stay healthy or you're going to be in trouble. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I you know McPherson came from the Big 12 which was hardly a, you know, an outside corner.
3: uh, 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 It's a defensive juggernaut, that conference as a whole. Yeah. (laughs) And he can tackle. Uh,
7: You know, I think he's got the quickness to play inside, which, you know, you've got to have that change of direction to play slot corner, which you don't need as much on the outside, where speed is is kind of a bigger concern. So, yeah, I mean, I like the move. Uh, uh, You know, we'll see what happens
2: all right Damo. i lied i'm dragging you right back into the hall of fame discussion (laughs) running backs getting into the hall of fame they've been few and far between the last decade not none uh tomlinson got in edge got in uh bettis got in but not a lot either and the league is certainly trending in a specific running back direction We've been debating the finances of it because of what happened in the league yesterday, you guys not getting long-term deals, having to play on franchise tags. What kind of an effect is the way the running back is viewed in the NFL by the teams of the NFL? What kind of effect it's going to have on you guys when you got to decide who is or isn't the Hall of Famer as a former running back?
7: Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot, uh, Jody, because – you're not seeing the numbers uh, that you used to see in the league from running backs, either yards or carries. I mean, you're not seeing many 300 carry guys anymore. You're not seeing, you know, you're not going to see many guys who are going to have rushing career rushing yard totals because of the fact that teams have. I mean, look at the Eagles; they're they're basically going to be a by committee uh, rushing team. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only that, but. They're, they're, their quarterback is rushing for most of the yards. So um, you're, you know, you're just not going to have guys that are going to have a, a, a rushing total. That's going to, you're going to look at and say, you know, Hey, you know, he deserves to be in the hall of fame. I mean, uh, Derek Henry is, you know, is, is, is the, no, I, I forget where he was in that list that we ran on the 33rd team. I, I, I had him as potentially because I don't, I think his best years are behind him and he still needs two or three really great years to get in the, you know, the conversation. So, uh, you know, Shady McCoy is probably going to be, uh, when he becomes eligible in a few years, is a guy you got to at least think about, but not right away. I mean, I don't think he's going to be a, a guy that's going to make the final 15 for a while. But you're right. the, the You're not going to see very many running backs down the road here when, when guys' you know, careers are over and they wait their five years that are going to be guys you seriously think about putting in the Hall of Fame.
3: How quick do you think? Uh, Peterson goes in and uh, did the end of his career hurt him a little bit, sort of bouncing around at the end, trying to yeah. hang on?
7: In my mind, John, he's a first, I mean, he's one of those first year guys. Uh, at least that, that's the way I had him. I, I think he's eligible when 26, maybe. Yeah,
3: 25. No, 26. Yeah, I would think he'd go right in, but you never know when yeah. uh, when you hang on, it, it people the last sort yeah. of thought people have. and
7: uh, Yeah, I, I'll tell you what, though. The group in in, in the, you know, I, I, I kind of have a lot of respect for most of our voters, and they tend to look at the big picture rather than uh, isolate on, you know, whether a guy hung on too long, uh, you know, a guy like Montana. Well, I mean, that was a no-brainer. But, yeah, I don't think it'll hurt yeah. Peterson. I mean, I think the body of his work will... Uh, allow him to be a first-year guy. Domo
2: Eagles open up camp next Tuesday. They are the favorite to win the NFC this year. I think so. Vegas thinks so. Your betting outlets certainly make them the favorite. But we also know the numbers that in the history of the Super Bowl, only three teams that went to the Super Bowl and lost came back in the following year, won it. Uh, The Patriots did it a couple of years. The team lost. The Eagles came back, won the next year, beat the Rams. But prior to that, you got to go back 45, 50 years to find a team, the Cowboys and the Dolphins, who did it back in the 70s. Why is it so difficult for a team that goes to the Super Bowl and loses to be able to get over that hump and win that final game the next season?
7: Yeah. Well, I mean, I I, I did a story on this uh, maybe a, a year and a half ago. With you know, Tony Dungy was talking about all the things that that the problems that you know are created by making the Super Bowl, whether you won or lost, because uh, there haven't been many that have repeated. Um, you know, I mean, you're, play, you're, you're playing so late that it, it, it's difficult to recover. I mean, that's one reason. Uh, you've got a target on your back. Uh, you know, I mean, everybody's going to be shooting for the Eagles this year. Uh, you know, you've got. Uh, I think also there's a mental thing where, you know, you made it. And the next year, it's like everything. You know, you expect to be back there, and so you kind of look over opponents, and and you you know you're not playing it. You know, you you hear coaches talk all the time about playing it one week at a time, one game at a time. I think when you've made the Super Bowl the following year, that's harder to do because you're just looking ahead to okay, let's get back to the playoffs. And start there, you know. All we got to do is, you know, get to that point, and that's why you see you not only don't see very many teams that that lost in the Super Bowl get back to the Super Bowl. There are, I, I want to say, when I did a survey or did the uh, the numbers uh, the year I did the story, half the teams that lost in the Super Bowl didn't even make the playoffs the following year, uh, or yeah. slightly less. Yeah. And I think that's the big reason why they're just not mentally as sharp. Because they're, you know, it's like they, they put everything on on hold uh, until they get to the playoffs.
3: Yeah, um, the mental hurdle's big. We remember uh, coming off uh, the Super Bowl win, Damo. Remember Malcolm wanted to take that sign down from the locker room when they started to struggle early, yeah. and that yeah. was after winning. Um, and and then you mentioned the length of the season. Um, you know, I was struck. I was at uh, Milton Williams and and Zach McPherson had a, a camp, a youth camp in South Jersey, so I went to check it out. And these mm-hmm. are young guys. Um, and and the case for the Milton's a defensive tackle, obviously, but he's in good shape for a defensive tackle. Very young guy. McPherson's in unbelievable shape at all times. And they were both saying they're they're very young guys saying, "Man, it's quick." It, it, playing mm-hmm. that long and trying to get back in the grind. Players keep telling me that. that that Playing that long is a big deal. Now, the Patriots yeah. did it. The Chiefs are doing it pretty consistently. So maybe that's a mental hurdle as well. But there's it's certainly in their minds, I can tell you that. That's a big part of it. And uh, yeah. it's a concern. But I will say this, Damo. Oh, the NFC stinks. I mean, <laughs> if the Eagles were in the AFC, I'd say, no, no shot, they're getting back. None, zero, none. In the NFC, I think they can have struggles, and I think they will have struggles, and I think they'll be able to recover and make a run because who else is going to do it? You yeah. got San Francisco and Dallas. That's it. My biggest – I mean, I, and I agree
7: with you, John. I, the one concern I would have, and it's not a concern because there's no re- reason to think it's it's going to happen, but injuries. Uh, they were remarkably healthy last year, especially their offensive line. Two games missed to injury by their starters, and that just doesn't happen. Uh, you know, you go back to 2020 with the Eagles when everything fell apart, that 4-11 in one year, yeah, their yeah. starting offensive line missed 40 games. Uh, you know, so, uh, you know, you just can't, you know, can you count on, on being healthy two years in a row? Sure. But does it happen a lot? No. I mean, usually, you know, for no reason that you can ever explain a team that was, you know, didn't have a, you know, a a hangnail one year, the next year, you know, can't take two steps without pulling a hamstring or tearing an ACL or something. So that would be my, that's the only thing I think that's going to stop the Eagles from, from getting back to the Super Bowl.
3: you
2: uh, John mentioned the NFC, Eagles, 49ers, Cowboys, and then a drop-off. I'm not near as high on the Cowboys as everybody else is. I think it's Eagles and 49ers, then the drop-off, then the Cowboys and the Seahawks and the other teams. And I think Seattle could be just as good as Dallas is. Here's my biggest concern about Dallas. Tell me if I'm just, like, whistling into wind here and maybe from an Eagle perspective, wishful thinking. I got no bloody idea what kind of play caller that Mike McCarthy is going to be for Dak Prescott. He did it for years in green Bay, had a pretty good quarterback. He was calling the plays for Mr. Rogers. You expect lifted the offense with his abilities, at least some, what kind of play caller do you think McCarthy is going to be in Dallas?
7: You know, you talk to people around the league, Jody. I mean, there's mixed opinions about McCarthy, both as a head coach and a play caller. So I don't know. Uh, I think, but I think more of it comes down to what kind of quarterback we're gonna Dak Prescott's gonna be than what kind of play caller McCarthy's gonna be. Uh, I I don't think last year was the real Dak Prescott. I think he'll cut down on the interceptions this year. I'm sure he's very well, he's guaranteed
2: yesterday. He's not gonna throw ten. He's gonna be in single <laughs> digits. He promised Paul Domwich no fifteen interceptions with games missed this year. You buying it?
7: Yeah, yeah, I think will like I said, I think he'll be a better quarterback. You know, they picked up Brandon Cooks, which is going to help that receiving core. They've improved their defense uh, in in spots that needed to be improved. So I think they're a better team. Um are they as good as the Eagles? No. But I think they'll probably split the season series and <laughs> you know, we'll see what
3: happens after that. By the way, Dom, it's amazing to me. It's like back in the day, if you threw 10 interceptions, you were taking care of the football. You were phenomenal. Now, if you throw 10, you're the worst uh, quarterback in the history of the world. Uh, Not, you know, obviously Dak was above that, but it's amazing. And that was Jalen Hurts. Um, You know, he he took care of the football. That's why you, you can't predict anything in this league. Nobody took care of the football better than Jalen Hurts last year. And then yeah. unforced error in the Super Bowl and it cost yeah. you. I mean, there's yeah. it, 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 there's so many things that can go wrong at, at at big spots and big times, but the consistency of it, I do think Dak's gonna have a bounce back year because statistically he's not turned the ball over a ton throughout his career mm-hmm. and it's probably an outlier. Um are 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 people in Philadelphia dismissing uh, the Cowboys because it's the Cowboys and they just don't like the Cowboys? I think it's a good football team. Yeah,
7: I I, I think so. I mean, they, all, they, they you know, and the fact that their history. I mean, year in and year out, they seem to be have you know. At this point in time, we talk about them being a Super Bowl contender, and then something always happens. I mean, that that causes them to uh, come up short. Either Even when they make the playoffs, something bad happens to them. So that and the fact that everybody in Philadelphia hates the Cowboys, I think, uh, contributes to that.
2: Yeah, but uh, John used the word dismissed. I don't believe I'm dismissing the Cowboys. I think they're going to be a playoff team. I just don't think they're winning the NFC East, and I think there will be some other team that jumps up and is the third-best team over the Cowboys. I got them like fourth or fifth. Does that – Qualify as dismissing the Cowboys?
3: No, well, I wasn't talking I about just and you, Jody. No, uh, I, I, no, I it.
2: understand that, but I'm just asking: uh Would I be one of those that would be considered as dismissing the Cowboys?
7: No, I mean, you know, you know how many times you hear people just say that Cowboys stink. Yeah. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah, uh, no, 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 I mean, exactly. I, I, agree. I agree. This is a the Cowboys are a very good team. I think Dak's going to be a better quarterback. And I think it's a team you're gonna to have to contend with. Like I said, I, I I think they'll probably split the series with the uh with the Eagles. I just think it, you know, when when push comes to shove at the end, uh, the Eagles will be
3: on top. You know, I, I think it's interesting because Andy's philosophy, you know, was be consistently good. Um, and, you know, one of those years the stars gonna align. And if you make the playoffs, yeah. you know, I, I go back to that. San Francisco game. Now, they didn't finish it, but uh, they almost finished it when they lost to Kansas City. You remember when they beat Green Bay, they were completely dominated in a a bad weather game. So it was close, and all of a sudden, you have the block punt, and then they win the game. (laughs) They're in the Super Bowl, and they had no right being there. And, oh, by the way, they outplayed the Chiefs for three quarters and almost won the Super Bowl. Had no business being there. If yeah. you're consistently good, you know, the stars are gonna align. You keep it getting back to the playoffs, getting back to the playoffs, getting back to the playoffs. You're gonna get that run eventually. Now, Andy yeah. didn't get it till he got Patrick Mahomes, so that helped, but uh he was there a lot. Um, I'd rather be there than not be there, is what I'm trying to say, which is common yeah. sense, but I think people dismiss. Because I think we've gotten into this: if you don't win the championship, it's a failure, and it's really hard to make the playoffs. And if you make the playoffs yeah. consistently, you're probably pretty good. That's
7: well, you mean. know, the Eagles, uh, the Eagles' the whole approach going back to the Andy Reid era was yeah, always that's what I'm saying. You know, sustainability. Yeah, uh, staying—if you you know just stay in the hunt year by year after year, uh, as long as you can, uh, as opposed to a lot of clubs that kind of went for it you know, in the window of opportunity, and then watch it close and rebuild. I mean, they tried to stay good for a long time with the hopes that one of those years they would win a Super Bowl. Uh, You know, it took a while, but, uh, you know, eventually it did happen. Yeah.
2: All right, Damo, this is my last question, and I know it's right in your wheelhouse. A.J. Brown got a 91 rating on Madden making him the eighth highest wide receiver in the league this year. Is he being disrespected?
7: Um, based on his performance last year? Yes. Uh, and the quarterback who's thrown to him, you know, I, I'm going to be interested to see, yes, I would say yes, Jody, but I do want to see how teams defend him this year. Uh, you know, that's every year. The big difference when, when a team is successful is, you know, I've, Coaches have had an entire offseason to game plan and to figure out ways to defend you the next year, and that's you know that's going to be the that's that's what I'm cu- most curious to see this year as to how teams change their approach to the Eagles' offense.
3: Yeah, but by the way, going back to our original question from Jody: Is Deshaun Jackson a Hall of Fame receiver? Now, AJ Brown is very young. He's got a long way to go, but he's got the template to be a Hall of Fame receiver. PFF had him the number one slant receiver in football and the number two receiver on go routes in football. In other words, he can beat you every single which way. He can beat you short. He can beat you intermediate. He can beat you with the deep ball. Again, he's only played four seasons. He's got a long way to go. But those are Hall of Fame guys who can do everything. Not the mm-hmm. all right, he can run by a bunch of people, even though he ran by people better than anybody else. I think AJ is a a perfect example of a well-rounded uh, top-tier receiver in the NFL. Absolutely,
2: and hopefully, Dom will be the guy who's making the argument. Not going to be for another. It's going to be. Years, it's going to be a while. Damo be hanging in there as the representative of Philadelphia. He represents well. He represents well every time he comes on with us here on birds 365. We thank him for doing it again today. Damo, next time we get you on. It'll be to talk about what the Eagles are actually doing on the field. Oh, Novel nice. concept, seeing yeah, as we too. haven't seen it for six months.
3: Well, you know, not necessarily, Jody, because it is the Eagles in training camp, so they don't do much. So you know.
2: Something is better than nothing, yeah. even if it's calisthenics. How did AJ yeah. look doing those jumping jacks? That'll be the questions I'll be <laughs> putting to you and i um, and anybody else who gets down there. i always a pleasure, buddy. Thanks for coming on. We'll get Thanks. back with you very soon. Thanks, Tom. You can read him at the33rdteam.com, also in season with jacobsports.com, and the Hall of Fame representative for Philadelphia, Paul Dunn. I'm sorry. Johnny and I are both old school, and we like Hall of Fame conversations. Yeah, we, we do. We've been watching the National Football yeah. League for a long time between the two of us. So when we get a guy like Clark, Judge on, we get a guy like uh, Paul Dunn with John. And they're in the room to decide who gets the NFL's greatest honor. Yeah, we kind of like tapping into their expertise. All right, McMullen and McDonald coming back. Oh, I know it question. I'm going to ask McMullen when I come back. Mm -hmm. It's A.J. Brown related since I went Madden on A.J. Brown. I'm going to go PFF to Johnny Mac, uh, A.J. Brown related when we come back here on Birds 365.
3: Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at Dry Tech. At Dry Tech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel You are having a waterproofing issue, give Dry Tech a call or check us out online.
6: E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles.
2: You got your MAGA MAC guys here. I'm Jody McDonald. In less than 20 minutes, we'll be joined by Adam Kaplan from uh, InsideTheBirds.com and the podcast, Pro Football Network. I've got a new employer right now for the ProFootballNetwork.com, which uh, is a good website and uh, does shows on SiriusXM's NFL Network as well. So Adam coming up in less than 20. J-Mac, you uh, threw out a couple of numbers on A.J. Brown as per his ratings on PFF Pro Football Focus, that they not only ranked the wide receivers overall, but – in individual type aspects and plays that are called in over the course of a national football league game. Uh, and the numbers for A.J. Brown just jump off the charts. Uh, slant routes, go routes, what were his ratings again?
3: He was number one in slant routes, which makes sense because of his size and his ability, physicality, to get off the line of scrimmage. But he was number two in go routes, so, you know, and deep balls essentially. Um, uh, which tells you that's what I was kind of talking about. You know, Deshaun was obviously phenomenal getting behind people and tremendous tracking the football. He's one of the best receivers I've ever seen tracking the football. I think Randy was the best when it came to tracking, but uh Deshaun was up there. Um but the the other stuff, I mean, is where somebody like A.J. sets himself apart. And then, you know, when you can do everything and he can, you know, and I always joke his Twitter handle handle is something always open. Um, um, And he is because even when he's not, he is. He's the kind of guy you can throw the football to, um, and he's going to come down with it. And if he doesn't come down with it, he's not going to be Quaz Watkins. He's going to make sure the defensive back is going to come, is not going to come down with it. So you feel very comfortable as a quarterback. Um, Yeah. I remember we hit, I I had him number three. uh, I had him number two on my personal list and he was number three overall on, on the top 25 Eagles. He's just a phenomenal, phenomenal football player you can do where did
2: where did pff have him rated overall as wide receivers go
3: um i'd have to look it up he was top 10 um uh, look it up as we're talking um he was very high
2: i'm Um, having trouble crunching the numbers in my head if you're number one at slants and you're number two at go routes that kind of eats up a lot of potential passes that you can be catching. Well, there's a lot of
3: routes. I mean, they, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot of the route tree. Marvin Harrison could tell you. There's a lot of routes. I mean, um, and I'll I'll pull that up if I can find it in a second. But first, I'm looking at uh...
2: <clears throat> overall ranking on wide receiver. He was
3: number six. Only uh, Tyreek Hill was number one. Uh, the outlier, very good player. People don't realize, but you know, more limited in into the slot. Amon Ross St. Brown was number two. Uh, Jefferson was number three. Adams was number four. Diggs was number five. AJ was number six. Uh, Cooper Cup number seven. CD Lamb eight. Keenan Allen nine. Jamar Chase ten. Your top
2: Chase 10. 10 surprises me a little bit, but the BFF has their own way of doing their rankings. Uh, how many other potential routes do they break down and give a grade to if they're doing slants and they're doing goes? How many routes do they actually include in their overall evaluation?
3: Oh, uh, let's see. We got... Uh... <sighs> We got crossing routes. Uh, Jalen Waddell was number one, which makes sense because he can run away from people. Uh, wide screens, Debo Samuel, number one there, makes sense. Slant routes, AJ Brown, number one. Amari Cooper was number two. Out routes, Diggs was number one. He's tremendous at that because he can shake people. In routes, uh, Cortland Sutton. Uh, From Denver, big physical guy. Comeback routes, Elijah Moore of your New York Jets uh, was number one. Really? Yeah. Hitch routes, Tyreek Hill, which makes sense. Uh, Corner routes, Jefferson. Uh, Post routes, Gabe Davis from Buffalo. Um, Go routes, uh, Terrence Marshall from Carolina. AJ was second. Um, That's all the routes. Okay. Um,
2: so there, there are a bunch, and if AJ is that highly rated, and two of them going to go a long way. But still, only number six overall, and number eight in Madden, which surprised me. I thought he'd be higher than eight in any kind of compilation rating that you have, and this really surprised me. You know, he just ran down a couple of the routes and the top ranked guys. This guy must be a good, not top, but in the in the the top group in a bunch of different routes. Tied for eight in the Madden ratings for the wide receiver, Amari Cooper.
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, he's kind of. I
2: kind of forgot that Amari Cooper was even in the league playing for the Browns last year. We had so much Amari Cooper coverage when he was a member of the Cowboys, specifically here in Philadelphia. Gets traded to Cleveland last year. Oh, by the way, mistake by the Cowboys when they did that. Um, so they had to go out and give up a draft pick to get Cooks this year to basically replace Amari Cooper, who they could have kept and they could still have, and is still at least per Madden considered a top-nine receiver in this league. Uh, I, I'm i sorry. I just didn't pay enough attention. The Browns were uh, irrelevant until Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I mean, that
3: was a big he's problem for the good. Cowboys. Yeah, he's a very good, very good route runner, tremendous route runner. Uh, top five route runner in this league, and when you can do that, um, you're you're going to be good. It, as long as you have that that baseline athleticism. But if you look, he was number two to to AJ in slant routes. He was number three in out routes. I'm looking at it. He was uh, number three in comebacks. I mean, he is he is a good player, and you know he got the Cowboys couldn't afford him sort of like Javon Hargrave, but playing, you know, for the Eagles. It's a good player that couldn't afford him anymore. And they really, really missed him. Uh, that was a big problem. Their two biggest problems last year with that number two receiver, because Gallup didn't get back to where he was pre ACL. And uh, they were hopeful. He was a great third receiver before the ACL. Um I remember, Cooper was their number one. C.D. Lamb wasn't their number one. Cooper was their number one. Exactly. Um, and he is a really good player, and they just couldn't afford him. It's one of those things. And they missed him. And and the other part was corner, the second corner. Um, and they went out and got Cooks. And Cooks isn't Amari Cooper, but he's a solid player. And they went out and got Stephon Gilmore, who's aging but can still play. Um, so they really improved those two positions, but Amari Cooper is a very, very good player. And right. if Deshaun and- Watson gets back to being what he was, yeah, uh, he's going to have a big year. And the way
2: that you stated it, I, I would just state it a little differently. I wouldn't say they couldn't afford him. They chose not to afford him. They chose not to pay him. They decided allocation of those funds to wide receiver wasn't necessary because they had other andor bigger in their yeah. estimation needs. Well, when a year later, you go out and give up a draft pick to get Cooks and you're now paying him in the neighborhood of what you were supposed to pay Amari Cooper. Well, you've rethought your position that you're willing to put money into that other wide receiver position yeah, I thought they made a mistake when they moved off from Irish Yeah, country. I mean,
3: everything's a decision. You can keep anybody if you really want to. And, yeah, right. they were hopeful of, uh, you know, other guys, but Gallup getting back and, and making that decision, CD's younger younger. Um, but, you know, I'm just looking at the raw numbers, too, because I didn't watch a lot of Cleveland Browns Neither football. Neither did I. 78 for 1160 and nine touchdowns on a in a bad 1100 yards last year yeah 11 wow
2: shame on me for not noticing that
3: um yeah he's a really good player i mean the eagles got a break when the cowboys made that decision
6: yeah they did um
3: yeah Um, and he's only 29 so he's still got some um gas left in the tank um yeah he's If Deshaun Watson plays well, but the AFC is loaded, man. (laughs) I mean, the AFC, you don't even think about a team like Cleveland. You know, they got Deshaun Watson and Miles Garrett. And Amari Cooper. Yeah, yeah. You're
2: right, and no one is giving them any second thoughts. Uh, I do want to mention one other wide receiver here that I know. You're a you're a bigger fan of him than I am because we've discussed them uh, here on the show because the Eagles have to face them twice a year. Uh, the top wide receivers in the Madden ratings a 99 rating, which is the best you can get. One wide receiver got it was Justin Jefferson of the Minnesota Vikings, who Kirk Cousins chose not to throw the football to with the season on the line. But I digress. <laughs> uh, Tyree Kill, 98. Devontae Adams, 97. Cooper Cup. Talk about a forgotten man because he was hurt last year and the Rams went from Super Bowl champion to completely irrelevant. Uh, guilty as charge. I forgot about Cooper Cup and how great he was the year before as the MVP of the uh, Super Bowl. Cup got a 96, 64. And tied at 91 was Mari Cooper and A.J. Brown. In between Jamar Chase and Amari Cooper and A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin of the Commanders. I I appreciate McLaurin's a very good wide receiver. I'm not downplaying how good a wide receiver he is. If I gave you a choice, A.J. Brown or Terry McLaurin, who are you taking, Johnny Mac?
3: Well, in that, I'm going A.J., but <clears throat> I don't, you know, that doesn't. He, uh, Terry McLaurin is really good. Yeah, I mean, you talk to the Eagles defensive backs, they'll tell you. Um, And one of the things, I mean, I would love to see Terry McLaurin play with a, I always call it a high volume uh, quarterback. Um, You know, he's playing with below average quarterbacks to be kind. And he's putting up thousand yard seasons pretty consistently you could imagine if he was with Matthew Stafford and Matthew was healthy, or you bring up Jefferson and cousins, if he was with cousins, um, thrown, you know, him thrown for 4,000 yards and then crapping the bed in the big spot, but he's going to have 14, 1500 yards receiving before he craps the bed. Um, yeah, he's a really good player. Is he A.J. Brown? No, but I think, the only guys I put ahead of A.J. are Jefferson, Adams. I'm missing somebody. Uh, maybe Chase. I like Chase. I love Chase. Chase isn't as consistent. Well, uh, Tyreek Hill. The key guy Tyree is Kill. Hill, yeah. He, some uh, people really at discussed So Hill, uh, Adams, Jefferson, and then you start talking – you can make arguments for other players. You start talking about AJ in that conversation. Digs
2: um, and chase and cup. Yeah. And AJ are, are very similar. I like your yeah. top three. I would have the top three as well, but uh, I, I I'm going to stand by my Terry McLaurin is very good, but not as good as his overall rating is Madden or anywhere else. AJ Brown rated behind him. I take AJ Brown.
3: I uh, Oh, I I take AJ Brown over him, but How I about CD a- Lamb? That's tough. Uh cuz you know, CD isn't as well-rounded as he is. Like CD's more of a slot receiver for those who don't know. He plays outside, but he's a really good player. I I would love to see Terry McLaurin with a good quarterback. Yeah. But I would love to see Not with a good
2: quarterback. He's not going to be with a good quarterback. But I mean, that's that, you know,
3: 2021, you know, 2021, 2022, 77 receptions, 77 receptions, 1,053 yards, 1,191 yards with no quarterback, essentially. I, I, I mean, that's pretty good. Um, I,
2: I, pretty good, yes. Not as good as CD Lamb. Not as good as Mike Evans. I'm sorry, I'm taking Mike Evans over. Uh, uh,
3: but that's what I'm saying. Terry it's McLaurin. not. It's not a vacuum. It. It can. Can CD Lamb do what Terry McLaurin did in Washington? I, I, I don't All know. Is is that we decide
2: Mike Evans? This one's pretty easy. Who's going to have the better year this year? Terry McLaurin oh. catching the ball from Sam Howell or Mike Evans catching the ball from Baker Mayfield?
3: Oh, that's a tough, tough question. Uh, it, you know, Mike. If if you're telling me Mike in his prime, um, no, Mike take, this
2: year, just this year, who's going to? Well, no, well, game? yeah,
3: I know what your question. I'm trying to explain Mike in his prime is a better receiver, but Mike is now. I don't know uh, how how old is Mike Evans? Um, Maybe he's 31. been doing it. He's been doing it for a long time. Um, you know, he's. He's a, he's still only twenty nine, but wow! I,
2: I would say one, sure. two,
3: three, four. But he's played a lot of football. He got to the league young. One, two, three, four, five, six. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. nine consecutive seasons, over a thousand yards. So I'm concerned. The only reason I hesitate is because I'm concerned about the tread off the tire, with with Mike Evans, um, but Mike Evans is a really good player. Really good player. Yeah, and these
2: guys are rated below Terry McLaurin. Eh. Others, John McMullen included, and the, the Madden rating. I uh, think a little bit more Terry McLaurin. And Terry
3: I, Slate and James Bradbury and Avante Maddox. Very Ed good
2: tools. for all them because i got to face them twice a year. I get that. Uh, I, I like him. He's a very good player. But I think there are other wide receivers that are better than he are that are rated below him as of right now. But, again, we're splitting hairs. We'll split hairs with Adam Kaplan from both the new his new gig, Pro Football Network and Inside the Birds and Sirius XM's NFL radio, our buddy Adam Kaplan, up next here on Birds 365.
4: Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app.
1: And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC
4: Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on.
0: All right. Did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes. Really. Don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right. Here we go. Let's hear the crowd. <sighs> go, to writer, Go, Toretto. Mama. mama, go. Oh, mama. She did it.
5: Again. You can't
3: avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh.
2: I'm here on Birds 365, and we welcome in our next guest from InsideTheBirds.com, the podcast, Pro Football Network, Sirius XM's NFL Network. We'll find out if there's any truth to the rumor that he's going to be doing Zagat ratings for restaurants <laughs> all the way up and down the East Coast. Our buddy Adam Kaplan jumps in here on Birds 365. Staying busy. I'm huh, Mr. Kaplan.
9: Yeah, good to see you guys. Yeah, for sure. Just uh in the midst of booking my training camp tour, which is I mean, always how pretty-
3: many you got this year, Adam? What you- John,
9: I'm not done yet, John, but right now I'm up to 14. I'm hoping to get to Ooh. 20. It it's really difficult. It's yeah. it's it's a tedious process. It's like a, a puzzle. Yeah. It takes me like a week to get it done because the, the the thing is, and now I think there's like 22 or 24, probably like 22 teams working with, with each other. I like to go to these joint practices, yeah, and try, and unfortunately, the, there's so many of them doing it. Teams working on the same day, so I got to pick and choose.
3: Yeah, and the Eagles don't have teams like the Eagles because they don't practice much. So you got you know, it's not like the old days when you knew oh everybody's going to be practicing. You got you got to kind of weigh it as far as the scale back work and all that kind of stuff, but it's good to stay busy. It's good to see you. See ya. Um, I guess we'll start with the running backs because that was like a boy, man, they got upset yesterday. Everybody was out there. Austin yeah. Adler, Christian McCaffrey. They were all coming together. The devaluation of this position is something Adam, but, Look, it's supply and demand. We're not, you know, a lot of these guys, Eckler especially, was blaming the media. <laughs> no GMs are listening to us. And if they are, they better not. So, you know, yeah. we're not doing it.
9: Yeah, yeah, Eckler's a great player. It's a shame. You know, He, yeah. all, all they did is they they added some incentive to his deal. He He's way better than his contract would stipulate. He's on the final year of his deal. But getting back to what happened yesterday, look, all three of the guys who didn't get extended off the tag there were there – that was expected. I didn't expect any of those guys to get yeah. a deal. Uh, because Pollard's coming off a major injury. They don't quite know exactly how many carries he could handle. In fact, he only had four games of over 15 carries last season. Really a good player, though, had a breakout season. Super explosive. The analytical the analytical data on him is tremendous. But, again, how many carries could he handle? You look at Josh Jacobs. Before last season, had a pretty decent injury history. He was on the injury report a lot last season. But played through all the all the games, all the injuries. In fact, he played a full season. So that was a good story, but I never got the sense that the Raiders were serious about extending his deal. And and it, it, you saw what Derek Henry said, and a bunch of veteran running backs said, look, it's it's a passing league. Teams want to come out more than, often than not throwing the ball, not running it, and then run to win. And, th- and that's just the way it is. The, the, you talked about the de, de- of the running back position. That, that's that been steady. Other than Christian McCaffrey, Christian, yeah. who got an, an outlier deal, $16.5 million, Average, that's a legit 16 and a half million. The guarantee at signing was phenomenal. They actually did a couple years early. I, uh, from what I understand, ownership got involved with that one. And we see this happen sometimes when owners get involved, uh, they, they could make sure a deal gets done. But the bottom line is, no one's doing that anywhere close to that deal. That's just the way it is.
2: Yeah. Let me follow up on something you mentioned there the injury report. Have you watched? uh quarterback on netflix the- i haven't i'm
9: going to yeah at some point yeah
2: okay because when you do you'll see why are we reading the injury report because guys <laughs> are more injured than they're yeah. actually reporting you're seeing it with your own two eyes how much do you take a week in a week out on the injury report are there teams where you put more into evaluating less into evaluating because they are known to not give up information and or cover up I know that it's something that those who want to wager on the game on Sunday want to have that kind of information. Should we just throw up our hands and go, hey, if he shows up and plays, he shows up and plays, or is this something the NFL has to be a little bit more dedicated to?
9: Well, Jody, if you go back to the old injury report, they would list Friday whether the guy was was out, like you would know. (laughs) Well, about nine or ten years ago, they changed the injury report to say limited or full. But limited, what does that mean? Uh, it, it's less than the normal repetitions at practice. Well, that could mean if you took two less, that means you're, you're limited. You're limited, yep. yeah. Yeah, I, I hate that. Uh, you know, <laughs>
8: yeah.
9: one of the many things I've done over the years, you know, I used to be a partner in the website called footballinjuries.com.
8: Yeah.
9: And that, now, this is before the internet. We sold our company in 08, but this is when you, it really made it difficult to get injury information. We get, and, and uh, it, it was so different than guys to get injury information because you had to go to the team. Right. Hey, what did this guy really do today, Jody? To answer your question? You can't tell by these injury reports. Yeah. They're somewhat useless. Now I think, no, you tell me cause you saw it. Did Kirk Cousins reveal a rib injury or something like that?
3: Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, Adam, um, he was not healthy for the majority of the year. And to my knowledge, he was never on the injury report. I don't remember him ever showing up on the injury Mm -hmm. report as limited. Now Mike Florio brought up a good point and saying, you know, you got guys getting suspended, Jameson Williams, you know, what if you have inside info? Yeah. Kirk Cousins ain't healthy. He's got a broken rib, whatever it was. It wasn't good. Uh, You watch the show and you'll see it and what he did to get ready each and every week. Um, If you're in the building, you know it. If you're working for the team, maybe you walk off the parking lot. If you're smart and you you understand the GPS tracking on your phone, you put a little on the opposition team, whatever. There's a Pandora's box there for the NFL when it comes to those injury reports. And nobody knows that better than you because, as you mentioned, with footballinjuries.com, you used to do it all the time. Yeah, in fact. Inside info is real.
9: John, here's a funny story. So Belichick got nailed for this is early 2000s, and so did Mike Shanahan. And Shanahan did the same thing. So the, the league fine, Bel, the, the Patriots, I, I think it was a fine. This is maybe two yeah. decades ago or whatever it was when Bel, first couple of years with Belichick. So he listed like every player yeah, with every that. Player hand hand loved there. it. Put I love
2: when Belichick yeah. did that. Yeah.
9: And then so did Mike Shanahan. Shanahan did it. Yeah. I think with Denver, but it. See, you're right. I'm glad I'm glad you brought this up because I just wish the league would do a better job. I don't know whose idea was to go from the old injury report. In fact, John, here's another one for you. I know you've been covering the league a long time, and I'm sure Jody knows this. Do you know, most fans don't know this, that back in the early 2000s, you would have to lift, list your inactives on Friday. True story. True story. Yeah.
2: yeah really? Yeah.
9: Which was absurd. Yeah. I, I, I don't
2: remember it, that.
9: In, in fact, what our website, which a lot of gamblers subscribe to, we would in, we would make sure we would get them before the information got out, or you know whatever the case may be, we would try. To, it was going to get out anyway, so it wasn't really inside information. We try to yeah. get it first, but the bottom line was the link continued to change it. But this has been static; they they've kept this limited. And remember, they don't use probable anymore. That's another. No.
3: no. Yeah. Um, no,
2: probable, definite. Yeah, the the reporting of the injuries has changed much over the year, and there's still some loopholes in there to be had. All right, Adam, we, we haven't had you on in a, a while. Birds related, Eagles related. Um, they're going to open up camp on Tuesday. The moves that Howie Roseman made during this offseason lost a lot of defensive free agents. They've got to try and replace them. Some they're going to do through the draft. Some they signed some free agents. Some guys who didn't get a chance to play are going to get a chance to play a lot this year, N'Kobe Dean. Um, Is this team on paper, and we know how much paper counts as soon as the season starts, but that's all we got right now. Is this team on paper as good as the one last year that went to the Super Bowl?
9: Probably not because they're down a minimum of seven starters, two on offense, five on defense. You don't have Hargrave. We could complain about his effort against the run. It wasn't that he was not good against the run. It was the effort against the run, which we were told that the technique was not very good, but he's still a supreme pass rusher. So you don't have that. You have two new inside backers. You have two new safeties. You have a right guard job. That's open. You know, people could say, Oh, it's only one. It's only one position. It's a guard, but you don't have any experience there. The lack of depth, of the offensive line, I think is a problem. No, Are they the best in the NFC East? Yes. No question. Are they one of the best teams in the NFL? Yes but to answer your question, move this forward based on the roster. No, it's
3: not as good. Um, I going to talk about the coaching staff because you and Jeff, uh, are well versed, uh, inside the birds.com. The podcast with with coaching moves around the league. I, I thought it was interesting, Adam. Obviously you lose your coordinators. It's not the Eagles fault. They have success. They got Pilpert. Um, They make the decision. Uh, Brian Johnson on offense gets elevated. Sean decides they they go outside the building. But they have this extra layer. And I think everybody's kind of looking at it and saying, most people are ignoring it. And Maybe it, it raised an antenna for me. You have Marcus Brady, senior offensive assistant. He was here as a consultant last year. Now he's part of the staff. Matt Patricia, senior defensive assistant. That layer did not exist when Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon were here. Is that an indication that Nick Sirianni trying to replace him with two people? What what what, what are your intel? What, what Why are Marcus Brady and Matt Patricia here? Well, Marcus Brady, know. obviously from
9: the cult. So, you know, the two know each other. So they, he brought him in. And it, it was weird how they brought him in. Remember he had a different yeah. title
3: last year? But, yeah, he was a consultant, but he was yeah. a consultant for the defense. Exactly. That was yeah. really strange. Yeah, yeah that, that was yeah. strange,
9: which sometimes because you want to know what the, the offense is trying yeah. to do yeah. to your defense. I, I get yeah. that. Uh, yeah. I, I certainly get that. Uh, look, there are a couple things here when you look at this this offensive staff. So Steichen you know, obviously called the plays, but I know in our reporting, Kevin Patullo is sort of like a secret sauce for their offense. It's kind of like Filippo when John Randy. Their, I think it was their red zone offense. He was yeah. the guy that, he was sort of the quarterback developer, but he had a heavy say in the way the offense looked like. Well, Batulo is uh, Sirianni's right hand, right-hand man in terms of game planning during the week. So what we're told, very heavy in there, but you need other voices. So you lose a major voice in Steichen, and you add, okay, so you add two instead of one. It's just the, the only thing you worry about, uh, I think this happened after Reich and DiFilippo left, John. And this may be may be where you're going. This is certainly where I'm gonna go. You do worry sometimes when there are too many voices in a young quarterback's head. Because you don't want that. I think I think one of the various reasons why Wentz regressed, it's just too many voices in his head. You, you, you wanna you know, you wanna kind of clean that up. You really only want to have one voice in the quarterback room. That's typically the way it's done in the best places. But now I get it. Game planning, yes, you're gonna have three or four guys yeah. doing it. It's a fair point. I don't really worry about that. I think it's more okay. Brian well, John- I
3: worry about it from this perspective, Adam. Yeah. Marcus is a former offensive coordinator in this league. Uh, Brian Johnson is a first time coordinator at the pro level. Um, if he starts to struggle early, you got Marcus Brady on his shoulder. Even more so defensively, you got Matt Patricia on Sean Desai's shoulder. And that's a big name in this league. I don't know. I mean, you have young, inexperienced coordinators and you have guys in that second level that have more experience at those particular jobs. I just think it's a curious way to approach it to have that sort of you're inviting second guessing, is well, what I'm saying. If if you start to struggle.
9: I'm going to give you another layer to this. So, Alex Tanney, who you, we all know the Eagles are very high on him. Well, this is Brian Johnson had a pretty big voice in the offense. Alex Tanny's a young guy. He, in fact, I just remember him retiring not too long ago. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know how much involvement he'll have in the game planning. And obviously, he's going to have, he has to run the quarterback room. That's his job. Yeah. But in terms of game planning, to, I, I don't know how much of a role he's going to have. So, yeah, you're, you're the quarterback coach now is the OC. And now the, the new quarterback's coach just retired recently, not two, four, three, four years ago. So I, I, we'll see. I, I don't think it's the big deal as you're making it. It could be if it doesn't work. But that goes for any coach. I mean, I've been through this thing for 25 years. I, I know when there are other coaches on the team staff, things aren't going well. You do wonder, will this guy get involved and that guy get involved? And and then, of course, you have Sirianni as the overseer. As a CEO head coach, I mean, he, he obviously, if he feels things are not going right, he would have to get involved. But from what I've heard is, yeah, he's heavily involved in game planning, but he's been, I don't want to say hands off, but he, he has not been overbearing from what I'm told.
2: All right, since you mentioned his name, I want to follow up with him. I know it's kind of threading a needle here. You're going to need a team that has a quarterback at earth, and as a young quarterback, they just don't think they can turn it over to. Carson Wentz going to get signed this year? Or have we seen the last of Carson Wentz in the national program? He'll be with
9: the team, but he's a backup. I mean, his mechanics are just oh, eroded oh. so greatly. In fact, the term is overstride. Uh, he has this really bad issue. Uh, he, he, if you're seeing us on YouTube here, he's got his feet too, too, too spread apart. And when he throws, he, he strides too much and it causes the ball to sail. <laughs> that is, for some reason, I, I mean, I know coaches work with him. But that's bad. He, he regressed so significantly. I know he's been working with certain people, you know, in the offseason. But, yeah, if he wants to be a backup, that's what he's going to be. I To answer your question, yeah, I do expect him to be with the team, but who the heck knows when it could happen. And, yeah, it's 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 just a study in what happens when you lose your you lose your way, with, uh, particularly with mechanics and confidence. So, boy, it was hard to watch with Washington. Where Greg Cosell told us, he said his tape with – the Colts is pretty good. Now, there was a leadership issue there. My reporting what happened there, it was – Clearly, the owner the owner made the call, but yes,
3: he did. He wasn't shy about it. No, no. In yeah. fact,
9: I remember hearing at the combine to you uh, prior to them making a decision on him that it's not going to be good. It's not going to end well, and it didn't for Carson. And then obviously he regressed significantly last season, and then he has to move on. But then Washington is going with Sam Howell as a fifth round pick.
3: Yeah, yeah. I don't think it was a coincidence that Carson went out to work with Tom House and uh, Adam Daydu and before the Super Bowl season and he goes on that run and then he stopped going out there. I don't, I don't understand it. And the mechanics started to regress. Um, yeah. Strange situation with Carson Wentz, but um, NFC as a whole, Adam, we've been talking about this. Uh, looks like the Eagles to me, 49ers, and we don't know the quarterback situation, Cowboys, and then you have a drop-off. Jody's a little bit different. He thinks the drop-off comes after the 49ers. This is a weak conference on paper. It is. Is is there anybody ready to make a leap up where we say they're in the conversation? Because I think the Eagles have a chance. I think the Eagles are going to struggle a little bit. You mentioned the seven starters. We mentioned the coaches. There's going to be some hiccups, but... If they were in the AFC, that might cost them. I think they're going to have time to get their footing in the NFC and then sort of take off in the second half of the season. Um, Is there anybody out there that you think might be ready Hmm. to make a leap up and we start talking about as a legit contender? Yeah, and I know there's some buzz with this team I'm about to mention, but the Lions are my breakout team this
9: season. I've been on them since – in fact, they should have been in the playoffs. I don't know if you're aware of this. Week 18, they go into Green Bay and they beat – beat green bay and then the rams completely outplayed the seahawks and then there were so many bad calls in that game or this or the rams would have won I'm, i watched every play of that game really yeah and i just remember like this is one of the worst officiated games i've ever seen there had to be three or four really bad calls it's kind of like if you watch the the Padres series one of the worst ball strike <laughs> call, uh, calls also for both teams it was yeah. embarrassing well this ram seahawks game so, you know, I know it's an innocuous game, but it meant a lot to the Lions. Yeah, it did. And it, it was it it was bad. I mean, it was bad, and they should have gotten in. The Seahawks should have not. So at the, the only problem with the Lions is with Jameson Williams' six-game suspension, they're very light at receiver, but they've added a lot of defensive help, and they were able to retain Ben Johnson. I, I really – in fact, I know. I
3: love man. him. I He, love
9: he, he had a yeah. very good chance to be the Panthers' head coach, but he, he made it a personal decision, as I was told then, that uh, – in fact, uh, the Panthers, I'm told, we're going to pair him up with uh, Brian Johnson was going to be his O.C. At least they wanted yeah, to had he, yeah, had yeah, he got yeah. the job. And But the Eagles Eagles kind of got wind of everything, and they promoted him pretty quickly. All right. I'll give you my reasoning
2: why I think the drop-off is between two and three rather than uh, three and four in the NFC. Here is my big question about the Dallas Cowboys. Need your opinion on it, Adam. Sure. Scale of zero to ten. 10 being as good as it gets in the league, zero being why the hell is he doing this? What kind of play call do you think Mike McCarthy is going to be for the Cowboys? You know,
9: Mike wanted – you know, it's interesting. When McCarthy went in there, he was told he would not be calling – more or less was told that Kellen Moore is going to call the plays. So that's right. that's come from ownership. So Mike always wanted to do it, and he had to kind of check as he go. And then he made a decision. He wants to run his West Coast scheme. It's completely different from the Kellen Moore scheme, which is more the Zampezi scheme. And it, it won't be a spread. It's going to be more traditional, a lot more, a lot more, as I'm told, uh, committed to the run game, though. I don't think he could run the ball a lot with Pollard. He's more of an explosive back. But with Gallup healthy, with Brandon Cooks in there, they need, a, they need another receiver badly. They're, they're super gifted. They have a very good offensive line. This is going to be a good team. But here's another one for you. How much of an input will Brian Schottenheimer get in this offense as OC McCarthy's going to call the place. Schottenheimer's, Sean Hammer became a very aggressive play caller in 2020. Russell Wilson was headed for like 56 passing touchdowns until Pete Carroll put the kibosh on the pass game. So when you really look at this situation, it's going to look different to answer your question. More conservative, but they're very, very talented. They're, they're right up there. You talked about the NFC guys. It's the Eagles. It's the Niners on Purdy. They they insist they'll be ready for week one, but Purdy needs the work. It's my Lions. It's obviously the Cowboys are gifted. And I believe the Vikings, who are 13-4 and by um, almost a
3: miracle, are going to take a big step back. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, they – you know, one of the things – and it's difficult. Jody and I talk about it all the time. I'm not a fan. Like, you're right. That, that 13 was an anomaly, but they won 13 games. And they won 13 games with one of the worst defenses I've ever seen. So maybe <laughs> they win – you know, now they have Brian Flores. Maybe they they don't win – with the explosive plays and they don't win all the close games, maybe they're middle of the road defensively and they could win that way. But they have a young GM and I, I, I got a problem with these young GMs who say, all right, we're not in a position to win a title. So we're going to move on, whether it's Dalvin cooks, Darius Smith on and on. It's almost like they're rebuilding after a 13 win season. I can't get behind that. I, 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 I get it. They they were third. They were a shaky thirteen, but they won thirteen games. Like they no. got a lot of good players,
9: John. They set an NFL record for I think most. Yeah, 8 No, eight, no, yeah, and then they
3: lost in the playoffs.
9: Yeah, and and look, they got exposed by the Giants. It was just like it was like you can't keep. Pull. It's like pulling games off the, the bottom of the ninth. You, you you set a record of 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 coming back in the bottom ninth. That's just not going to last. This is not realistic. Now you mentioned Brian Flores. He he doesn't he doesn't run Fangio. He runs a New England scheme. Yeah, Donatel was running Fangio, and they were no. terrible in the secondary. Terrible. We can, they, they in fact they're really not much better. Byron Murphy is a good number two corner. Harrison Smith is an aging safety. I Now you're right. Flores will do a better job, but they're just not talented enough. That they, to me, they're in a middle they're a middling team, which which the record did not indicate really who they were.
2: All right, sounds to me like you don't like the Seattle Seahawks as much as not I. Do at not at all. Not
9: not. Now, now, I'll say this, Jody, they improved defensively in terms of their secondary, Devin Witherspoon. They needed help at corner. They got it. They're going to get Jamal Adams back from a severe knee injury. They're not. They're very weak up the middle in terms of defensive line. Uh, but overall, they could well, score. They did, know, had,
2: they did have a pretty good uh, middle linebacker. I know he's a little long in the Bobby's days, good, right? but I'm talking about,
9: I'm talking about D right, tackle they, They're All really right. weak there. So, yeah, they'll be good, but I don't see them making the playoffs. Geno Smith it's one of the big surprises I can remember. I mean, I was talking to GM at the combine. I said, "Were you guys on Gino Smith. He goes, dude, if we knew he was going to be this good, we would have signed him. I was like, okay. (laughs) Because nobody knew it. I mean, he was the the only by the way, the only reason why they brought him back, the players adore him. Coaches do as well. They didn't expect anything from him. They thought Drew Locke would win the job.
2: Yeah. Understood. But I'm giving Gino props. I've been an anti-Gino guy forever, but the season he had last year, I think he can reproduce it, and they've got the wide receivers. They've got two good – not one good running back. Two good running backs because I'm a big Charbonnet fan who I was kind of hoping the Eagles could latch on to in the second round. He was gone by the time they picked there. Uh, Yeah, I think the Seahawks are a playoff team again. I think they might be the third-best team in the NFC. Uh,
3: At Kaplan NFL, uh, locally, insidethebirds.com, he and Jeff Mosher, Andrew DiCecco, friend of the show will mention as well those guys do a tremendous job uh covering the eagles nationally you can find them everywhere now at pro football network Sirius xm nfl fox sports radio uh the great adam kaplan last one for me we talked about it nfc side adam afc side um so much deeper Is there a surprise team? Is there one team that nobody thinks about? Maybe Cleveland. We were just talking about, nobody talks about Cleveland. We were talking about how good Amari Cooper was, and the Cowboys couldn't replace him. If Deshaun Watson turns back to what he was in the latter stages of Houston before all the trouble, you got Miles Garrett on defense. They got a lot of talent. Is there any of the, sort of a team like that that can come out and say, all right, they're going to be with the Bills and the Chiefs and the Bengals?
9: Well, that, that, from a talent standpoint, look what they added. Elijah Moore, who just, I talked to the Browns last week, they're so excited about it. he was dominant in OTAs. I understand you can't hit anyone, but he's going to have a significant role. Uh, they brought in Z'Darrius Smith from the Vikings. That's a significant move. Uh, they need to get a little bit healthier on defense. Uh, they did. They have, they have good young depth. No, you're right, John. In fact, I, if I had to pick – don't, we don't make our picks until late August, but I would probably pick them as the seventh team to you know, make it, obviously, the last wild card. And don't forget, they'll they'll be here in Novocare. Uh, yeah. Those Schwartz and Jim Schwartz, Yeah, Schwartz, be, and by the way, you know, he's also going to be there. Schwartz hired Jim Washburn as a consultant. Yeah. So, wide nine lives, man. And Miles Garrett, if you do props – if you do the the what I call fantasy props, take me oh, over Miles Garrett sacks yeah. because in the wide nine. I,
3: by, by the way, I forgot Zedarius is there. They got yeah. Miles Garrett and Zedarius Smith. They're going to be able to rush the passer uh, in Cleveland yep. with Jim Schwartz. By the way, so I mean Jim is going to yeah, it's going to be wide nine left and right, man. They're coming after you.
2: Um, uh, last last one for me, Adam. And uh, the two teams are tied together because of what happened last year. They're gonna take different paths to potential postseason this year in the AFC. But Chargers and Jaguars. Last year in the playoff first round, Chargers yeah. up twenty-seven, nothing, and coughed it mm. up. The Jaguars, of course, win, and uh, Doug Peterson gets another playoff win. No, no great surprise there. Uh, we know what Doug P can do in the postseason. Coming into the season. And then at the end of the season, when you evaluate one against the other, who's going to have the better year, Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence? Ooh.
9: I'm going to say Justin Herbert. The, the scheme that they were running before under Joe Lombardi did not feature a lot of downfield throwing, a lot of checkdowns, a lot of intermediate throws. Kellen Moore runs more of a spread. And they remember, they drafted Quinton Johnston in the first round, a receiver out of TCU. So they're, they're a legit four-deep at receiver. Now, the Jaguars, folks <laughs> – what a, I, always lo- I love these, the uh, the futures numbers, the over-unders. Boy, I, I missed on that one. I picked under the five and a half last year. <laughs> I, I'll admit it, I, I got two. On, yeah. I did pretty well with them last year, but I missed badly on Denver and Jacksonville. Yeah. Oh I, you, had Den- you had
2: Denver over?
9: Yeah, I did. I so missed did
2: that I. I yeah. nice yeah. So mile. did I. I thought Russell was going to have a nice year. Look, look but,
9: but coaching matters. Doug did a phenomenal job. Press Taylor revived his career. They, they ran him out of town here in Philly, but yeah. give the kid credit. He did a good job. Nathaniel Hackett
3: did not do a good job. Uh, no.
9: In fact, yeah, yeah. he ran uh, camp cupcake and he got canned. So <laughs> yeah, he, you know. he's now with the jets. In fact, I will probably see the jets more than any team, maybe more the Eagles this summer. I think I'm seeing them four times, Ooh. but, uh, get, so to answer your question, I'm going to pick the Jaguar. First of all, cupcake division. I, I get people now are on the yeah. Titans to make the playoffs as a walker. It's not going to happen. Uh, the, the, the Jaguars are clearly the favorite there. They're, they're, they're my number one team to win their division. That's I what I, I said that yeah. yesterday, said Adam. That yesterday, I said, no. if, if, if
3: you tell me who was the most definitive division winner, I'm picking Jacksonville. I'm picking Jacksonville. Um, nobody else is going to push Doug Peterson and Trevor Lawrence, and that, that's a bad division. Even Kansas City, Jody brought up Kansas City. Hey, the Chargers, you know. If Justin Herbert gets going, they can do some damage, Um, especially off. I'm not a big Brandon Staley guy, but they're closer to the Chiefs than anybody is to the Jags. That that's how bad that division looks. Well, like.
9: the the Chargers guys defensively, they, they were they really struggled uh, on the back end. They missed on J.C. Jackson, who unfortunately tore uh, he tore a patella, but before the injury, he was not playing well at 18 million a year. Uh, they, they're a team you just don't they're one of those confounding teams you just don't quite understand why they can't go over the hump so the pressure will be on that team but i like the jaguars better this you're right jody the afc is way better way better uh, look they have some bottom feeders but if you look at the afc east the Patriots is going to bounce back uh we know that two teams made it from the division the jets now will push the bills would it would it shock any of you if the bill the jets beat the bills for that division
3: no, no, no. I'm, a, I, I'm, I'm the biggest Aaron Rodgers guy in the world. He'll save he'll make he'll save Nathaniel Hackett's career because he's gonna run that offense from the line of scrimmage.
9: Yeah, he uh, runs they're gonna run their old school Packers yeah. scheme. That's that's why they did this. And it's it's gonna be a fun year though, because there's always mystery. You know, you try to figure out who those surprise teams are. The Lions for me. I don't have one yet. In the AFC, I I I don't know. I don't know where you guys are at with it. I'm having trouble.
2: No, finding that right. team. I don't even know you can call a Jets a surprise team. No, not I've on only been team. a Jet fan for 50 years and they've been a surprise team every year. Oh, except this one, because they got Aaron Rodgers. That's right. <laughs> and yes, I'm on record. Made my wages already. Super Bowl matchup, all green. Eagles mm-hmm. against Jets.
9: Oh my goodness. That's well, what I'll
2: yeah, I, I got 80 to 1 if the Eagles beat the Jets, 90 to 1 if the Jets beat the Eagles it's... in the final game of the Yo
9: versus Howie. Can you imagine that? <laughs>
2: Adam Kaplan, we love it whenever you come on. Thank there you goes. very much for doing Thanks, it. Thanks, Adam. We know there you're going to be on the road for all of August with your extensive road uh, uh, camp trip. So we won't uh, be reaching out then. But once the season gets underway, you know we're going to catch you. Okay. Thanks. Thanks. My pleasure. Adam Kaplan from Pro Football Network, InsideTheBirds.com and podcast and SiriusXM's NFL Network. All right, Johnny Mac, Johnny Mac, coming back. We've still got a couple minutes left here on Birds 365 to put a bow on this show.
6: E A G L E S Eagles.
2: We thank both Captain at, at, and Tom for hopping on with us today. One of the beauties of Bird uh, 365. And yeah, so you're still hanging around. Got to hit that like button before you get out of Dodge. We'll be wrapping this up in five minutes, but don't dare leave without hitting the like button on the way out the door. Uh, if you just tuned in, got here a little late. It'll be posted in just a matter of moments. moment. You always go back and watch it, whatever you missed. And if you missed, we had a fun Hall of Fame discussion with Paul Downwich, at least I thought it was fun. And Adam Kaplan was great uh, for doing Eagles and all around the league things with us. All right, J-Mac, here's my final question for the day to you. We started with the fact that uh, Kaylee Ringo signed his contract.
3: Oh, oh, thank my. God. I was worried not, about that one. Judy. He's not signed.
2: What are the no. Eagles? Yeah, of course he's going to get signed. They always do. Uh, so what? It's a couple of weeks after the fact. Doesn't matter. They did get it done. But how are going to use Kaylee Ringo this year? Here's my question for you, J-Mac. He is going to be a backup cornerback. He's going to be on this team third-round draft pick unless he comes in and just – is hideously bad and they way overrated him them me you everybody Not else man don't Not think happening. that's happening right no. so he's going to be on a team yeah is he a given to be the backup cornerback is there any chance that he is in the mix for inactives because they're going to need to make a decision week in and week out on who most helps special teams
3: Yeah, I mean, that part, that's the decision. Right. Is he going to be relevant on game day or is he going to essentially redshirt for a year for a lack of a better term? And that'll be defined by how he plays in training camp. That's what, you know, if he has a good summer, um, yeah, I mean, they want a more sort of Dama was talking about the traits of nickel corner versus uh, outside corner. Calais Ringo is a outside corner. He's got everything the NFL looks for when it comes to an outside corner from the length, the height, the speed, everything. Where Zach McPherson's better suited. I've been talking about it for years, better suited in the slot, but they played him outside because they had to. He was their best corner behind Slay and, First, it was Steve Nelson. Last year it was James Bradbury. Mm-hmm. Um, he was their best option. So they kept him outside. Um, it might be Greedy Williams. It might be Josh Job. It might even be Eli Ricks or Makai Gardner. Long shots. But those guys are both six-two outside corners. Um, they got a lot of people, but Calais Ringo is number one. If he. If he does what he's supposed to do, he should be the third outside corner. But if he struggles, you know, he's a very young kid. He just turned 21 uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, Very young, very raw. If he's not ready, then they'll put him on the back end of the roster. And, you know, it might be greedy. It might be Josh Job. more likely one of those two. Uh, and that'll be sort of defined in the summer and training camp and joint practices against the Cleveland Browns and the Indianapolis Colts.
2: But let's 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 really narrow focus it down. Let's take Job because he was here last year, undrafted, makes a team, around all year. So he's uh, more of an eagle than these undrafted guys they have this year, like Rex and Gardner. So Josh Job and Kaylee Ringo. Ringo shows in preseason he's more advanced, more ready to play on the corner right here, right now. First year, but Job is a significantly better specialist. That he's down on a covered team and the like. And anybody just has to remember, back to the Super Bowl, how big a special teams play can impact the outcome of a game. Who do they keep active on game day if a guy is? Shown to be the better guy to step in and play, but he doesn't have to play because you got the uh, slay in Bradbury. So he's a backup, but you never know. First play of the game, you're rolling ankle. Somebody's got to go in there yeah. and play out. Well, your your hope, hope is important? that
3: if you're a backup cornerback, you got to play on special teams. So your hope is in in general, and you know Ringo has every trait to be very good on special teams. We'll see Zach's tremendous on special teams. Um, So Josh was, they were the gunners at the end was It was Zach McPherson and Josh Joe. Uh, They were, they were the punt gunners. So um, yeah, that plays into it. And if you're um, look, they're always going to default to the better corner, but in theory, Kalei Ringo should be a good special teams player. We'll see if he can do it. Uh, But he he could certainly run. So, I mean, that's half the battle. Um, Then it becomes effort and all that kind of thing. So, um, usually those Georgia guys are, you know, they understand. Um, I'm not that concerned about it. I'm more concerned about the cornerback part of it. You know, uh, one of the two, I forget, Uh, I think it was Bradbury, sat out. One of the practices, um, and it was um, Greedy Williams and Josh Joe sort of uh, going back and forth, splitting the first team reps. Uh, but they're defaulting to the veteran guys, Josh, who's already not, they haven't been a long time, right? Yeah, um, so we'll see how it shakes out. But those were the guys who got the first opportunity. But Kalei Ringo's the long term. I mean, they think he's going to be a starting corner in this league. So he's the long term. He's going to be here. Uh, It's just a matter of can he get a role in this rookie season.
2: And we are now just eight days away from John actually being able to do these evaluations for us. Our eyes down at Eagles practice when they get it underway. Tuesday's report day. Wednesday's first practice day. Eagles season right around the corner. We're here every day for you. Mac man, I say we do this again tomorrow. You in? I'm in. Let's do it. McMone and McDonald right back here for Birds 365 tomorrow in two and two.
1: You've been listening to Birds 365. on birds 365
4: catch those springtime vibes all over arizona break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks take a hike among the wildflowers just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees discover arizona's best kept secret